I think we're live. Hi, everybody. It's time for Game Changers with my good friend, Anson Williams. Hi, Anson. Hey there. <laughs> you playing hard to get? Always, always. I mean, always. Isn't that sexy? It, you know, <laughs> there's something to be said maybe for hard to get, but no, nah, I, I, sexy isn't the word I would use, I don't think. Oh, thanks a lot. No, I don't mean you're not sexy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Eileen. I don't mean you're not sexy, Anson. You're the sexiest. I just mean that <laughs> hard to get is, is hi, Dave. Hard to get is, is hard, is hard. Uh, how are you, Anson? Because I'm having a really rough day. How are you? Um, I'm having a rough day, too. You are know, you? I'm, uh, you know, we're, we're both going through some major personal things. That's our own personal things. Right. But I'll tell you, you're making me feel a hell of a lot better. You know, <laughs> I love you, adore you. And, and you know something? I'm sitting here thinking, you know, both of us go through, go through so much. Um, and we have a platform to express that. And I think that so many people that are watching you right now, whatever, Maybe, maybe there's a, you know, a chance where everyone can help each other in terms of, uh, uh, with all going on now. I mean, with the isolation and and all the violence and all these things combined for like a perfect storm. Um, I, I want to talk to you I about. I think it's that great one. if we just converse. I want to talk to you about your fit, you know, because we call ourselves the COVID crazies. You know, I don't know if you know that I go live every day now. I have this other show called Shooting the Shit with Vicky. And so all these people that are joining us, I want to say hi to Toby and Cindy and Anne and Dave. These are people who are with me every day. And hi, Leslie. Hey there. And um, everybody's saying hi to us. Hi, David. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Tony. Hi, um, uh, wait, Cindy's asking you a question already. When Anson moved forward, his voice was louder and that was good. Oh, you're better when you move closer, I guess. Anson. Yeah, I okay. guess your sound is better when is you move better? forward. So tell us, is that better? And okay. is my sound okay? Because I'm not is using Okay, is Anson sound better? Hi, Eileen. Please tell us if... Um, the sound is okay, you guys, if you're having trouble hearing, because I'm not using a microphone, but I'm loud. So <laughs> I was using a microphone with... Uh, with I'm loud, too. You, you, you project. I was, using a, a <laughs> I was using a microphone with Phil, and I didn't know it was turned too hot, and it kept popping every time I talked to him. Hi, Alex. Oh, um, okay, so... So I want to talk real with you. So yeah, we call ourselves the COVID crazies because we're, I know you, you're different because you just came from a store. You go in, you move around in life, right? right? Did you ever quarantine? Well, 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 yeah, I, oh, absolutely. I went through, I went through all that, but now, and I, and I was tested, but, um, but aside from that, no, you go into a store, you wear your mask, I bring a little spray bottle of alcohol. Yeah. Right? It's common sense. Just common sense. You don't, you don't get close to people. Yeah. I mean, you can't, there's, I really, I really think with COVID and all that, there is a balance. There's a damn balance and fear is just striking to the heart. 
and I think creating a lot of problems that don't need to be there. I mean, okay. yes, we have to protect ourselves. So what do you think we do? I mean, because a few of us, the COVID crazies, are real. I'm, I no, I don't. I haven't had my son in my home. The only time that I hugged my son was through a bag, a, a full size bag, a plastic bag. I, he was here yesterday in the garage, and I and I because he has roommates, right. and they go out in the world and all of that stuff. I did not see my boyfriend You're for very smart for three months because my boyfriend had people coming in and out of his house and all kinds of things. I only hugged him through a bag, and yeah. I've only seen him three times. Um, so what right. what so what is the difference between for you fear and common sense? Wh wh where do you draw the line there? Well, you just you just, you just uh, were very um, articulate and common sense. You're not going to be close to people that you know have seen other people, and you don't know where those people have been. And, I mean, obviously, you keep you keep a distance. And no, that's what I mean by. But there's also I call it like your little um, bubbles, where you know there's certain people that are as isolated as you. Yeah. And. You can safely get together. You can safely get together because you know the history. You know there's no outside interference. You don't. You know that you're gonna. You're safe. Come on. However, if we, and then, and yes, you can go to the store. Two people completely quarantined. I agree with. You. Like I wanted my son to quarantine for two weeks so that we could do this, but he right. was, he can't. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Then. then you are doing the right thing, and it hurts. It hurts like hell, but you're doing the right thing. And sing today, because and what's really, really bad, Vicky, the press is so fucking powerful. I mean, here we have this coronavirus, and then we have these horrible problems with uh, you know protests and all that now, which are very warranted. However, it's happening at a time that the the worst of both worlds is coming are coming together. Right. Um, and 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 if you read today, I mean, the, 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 there are there's like a huge bunch of new cases of coronavirus, a huge bunch. Right. It's not going away, but the press doesn't talk about it anymore. So it seems like, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, it's hot outside. Oh, it's OK. It's everyone out there. It ain't OK. Right. It ain't OK. And if you're. If you have underlying conditions, and I'm, this might not sound hip or cool, you have freaking underlying conditions. Me, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then you, yeah. Well, then you, damn well protect yourself. So, I get. So what I'm. So basically, what I'm saying is there are ways to have connections with people if it can work. Your son, obviously, not not because of him. He can't because. Right. He's being could be exposed. Right. Same here. No. So that's you have to you have to be incredibly diligent about keeping yourself safe. How do you? Uh, however, I wish people ahead, would create more. I'm sorry. It would it, it would be great if people created more of a bubble world right now, where you literally kind of create. Okay, you stay isolated for two weeks. You stay ice, and you kind of figure out, and all of a sudden you have a kind of a safe world. Well, there's at least a human connection. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't have, you know, I was, I was talking to on the air about it the other last week and I was thinking, you know, I have to find a friend. I have to find somebody that's as quarantined as I am and has been just to come over and yes. eat dinner and watch a movie and to hug yes. and all of that stuff. But I, yes. I, don't, I don't have that person in my life that I know. The only COVID crazy people I know are Cindy and her mom in New York. <laughs> that are doing it like I am. Wait, let, we have a couple questions here, so let let, let me just address those. Um, Cindy, right. they do in Canada. They call them bubbles. You can allow one family in, and then the next phase, another family. Um, Toby right. said a right. watery guy today said he can only visit his seventy-year-old parents through a hole, and it's crushing him. Um, and then someone else, Trish says, everyone will be exposed at some time in your life now or later, but hopefully later we'll have, um, uh, um, Cindy just said if she was in LA, we'd be COVID buddies. So Anson, so how do you, how do you maneuver your way through stores? How, how do you make it so that you feel safe when you go into stores? Well, I don't, first of all, I limit myself in terms of stores <clears throat> i only go where it's assessed where where it's 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 a necessary situation you need to go to a grocery store and everyone says oh have your groceries delivered well i'm up here in an area it ain't that easy to happen so <clears throat> so what i do i limit myself to where i go i right. sure don't need a lot of gas now thank god because it's like a tank will last for two months but no see i i put i put the mask on Seriously, yeah. Put the mask on. A, a store in my area actually has little plastic gloves as you come in. Right. And I also have a little bottle of spray alcohol. Right. So I, I, I have the mask on. I come in. I put on my little cute plastic gloves. And yeah. then, and, then and, and, and by the way, and you know, alcohol is hard to come by now. Right. So you have to be very careful about not wasting it. Literally. Right. And, right. and by the way, everyone out there, if you see any deal with alcohol, any deal, stock up now, because this this virus is going to come back harder. It's going to come back so freaking hard. But there will be a there there will be a therapy. There will be absolutely the vaccine. But there's going to be a bubble a bubble there where it's going to be kind of catastrophic. Get yourself prepared. Have a thermometer ready. Have alcohol. Have everything you need to disinfect, to protect. All right. Um, get food. Get, and I'm not saying hoarding. I hate that. Right. Don't take it so no one else gets it. I'm right. just saying every week, every week, just take a little bit, a little bit, and and get and get ready for another couple of months. That's all. Um, but if so, anyway, I, I'll go in and I have the gloves. Then I'm, I'm able to pick up a card or whatever. And I go in and I make damn sure I'm like 10 feet away from people. Right. Everyone has masks where I am. They're fantastic. Really? Everyone's not careful. Yet. Very not careful. Yet. That's good. I go, not I go, I go, I go, when I go up to the, when I go up to the, to the uh, checkout, mm -hmm. they're so diligent where I am. They're, they're wiping down the, uh, the belt with alcohol. Uh-huh. Disinfectant. You know, I mean, it is so, so I have the gloves on. Oh, this great. I get everything. I make sure I'm a damn good distance from the, from the previous customer. I put everything in. Great. I already have a credit card ready, so I'm not touching anything else. Right. Put the credit card in. Great. 
put it back in the pocket, right, with the gloves on, uh, get my stuff, great, take it out to the car. Then I take off these plastic gloves, make sure, you know, so, and then, and then, and then I take the little alcohol spray then, and I sprayed the top of the bags anywhere I held it. I take my little card out. I like make sure that's disinfected. It's really ridiculous, right? No, no, no. I take out my wallet. Cindy and I are right now having an orgasm because you are doing our disinfecting process. We love you, Anson. Oh, so then, then I take my card and I put it in the wallet, right? Yeah. And my everything's sanitized now. And I haven't touched the wallet. Right. So I'm good. I put it in. However, you know, and then so but but however, I had touched the keys. Yes. Because I had to open the I had to open the right. But I yeah. but at the same time, I had already taken my gloves off to do it just in case I spray the crap out of them and my hands get right. Then put it in, go in the car. Then when I come back, I leave the bag outside the house. Right. I get my I get my wipes out from this. Wipe off every damn package. Do me, yeah, and 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 that's what I do. That's what I do. However, I do have a bubble of people. I do have a bubble of people that I can see. Because the other thing is, there's tremendous problems going on with a lack of touch these days. I don't know if you've read about it, but people and and and, and this is what kills me. And I'm going to cry about this. <laughs> these poor. Mothers and fathers in fucking nursing homes in the last, they can't fucking touch their relative. They can't to a window. There's no, you're gone. You're fucking gone. Your you immune know, system is shot. Your immune system is gone. I know you're talking about older people and I know that it's more tragic for them, but I got to tell you, I haven't been touched in three months. Three and a half months. I no hug. Oh no, I understand. No, no time with my son. I'm sorry. I, what I mean is, I see. I just see the last moments of a good person's oh. life, and it kills me. That just kills me. And by the way, get this fucking president out of office, that motherfucker. Excuse me. Did I say that? I did. We, you know, it's like it's it's like. Ooh. It didn't have to get that drastic, but going, but backtracking, yes, you, you and me, whatever, we need hugs. We need hugs. We, we need to be touched. Your immune system's going down. My oh, immune system's oh. going down. As, as human beings, we're so fucking detached. It's like a sci-fi movie. You know, so it, I was, it, you know, I said, you know, you know me, Vicky, Vicky, I'm entrepreneurial, right? Yeah. We're I'm, gonna think, I'm thinking of having... I'm thinking of having mobile, mobile coronavirus tested huggers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but the problem, Anson, is the tests are bullshit because I know 50% of the people I know that tested negative had corona. It's not, it's, it is not a short. Really? Thing. Yeah. Well, if it's you, not you know corona, well, there you go. And, and uh, we got to stop for one second because there are people you want to know who are saying hello to you. So Jay Moriarty is here. Um, uh, um, hang on. Steve Dorf is here. Uh, Sandy Hilberg is here. A lot of your, a lot of people who are sending love on you. Um, and hi, Lynn and Tova and everyone. Um, so 
the thing is, so when do you think that next hit's going to happen? Because I think with the protests and with the opening up of the of this of the states that I think it's going to happen very soon. I don't think we're going to be held off for a couple of months. I think we're about to hit another one. No. Thank you. I, it's, well, I think you're right. It's happening as we speak. Mm -hmm. Ever since Memorial Day, yeah. it's, it's, it's skyrocketed. Uh, yeah, if there's, if we continue to not follow just objective protocol, yeah, it'll, it will, it will never, it, it will never end until there's a vaccine or a therapy. Where, where you're, people are putting themselves in harm's way. Did you see in, Was in Washington, and, and my God, I am like all for the protesting, what's going on. Right. All for it. Right. All for it. I mean, my, it's about really seriously important. However, we still got to be safe. And do you, do you realize the, the, you know, the and police in Washington, right, D.C., they came in. And I'm not, I'm not going. Anyway, many of them have contacted coronavirus now. Well, they weren't wearing masks. Did you see that? They weren't wearing masks. Exactly. They weren't wearing. So all I'm saying, that means protesters have it. Right. So I understand protesting. I understand the, the, oh, the I'm beyond, you know, me, one of the most important men in my life was a black man. I wouldn't be talking to you today. Right. Your whole book was for a janitor who was a freaking black man. He was my savior, my God. I mean, yeah. For me to see anyone putting down people of color, don't even, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That The heart of that man made me who I am today. End of story. So don't, people go, So, but at the same time, yes, we protest. Yes, we are. Yes, but you got to, but there's still common sense of nature and science and protect yourself. Don't kill yourself protesting. You know what I mean? We're not getting anywhere with that. We've got to, you know, we've got to be smart and, you know, and but the thing is, we don't have a freaking leader that inspires, inspires. We don't have a Barack Obama. I, I, I listen to Joe Biden. I cry. I go, oh, the heart. He is the heart of this country. He cares. That man's been through so much, so much pain. None of us have been through the pain that man has in his position. You want to talk about lost? You want to talk about priorities? This guy's 70 some years old. Do you think this guy's there for his ego? Do you think he's there running for president because he wants to, you know, be a big shot? This man cares. And here's, and I will say this too, I don't care who's out there. Just, just all the way everything came together for Joe Biden now to run for president at this age, it's really strange, the combinations of things that brought us to, to today with Joe Biden. I think with what's going on in this country, he'll be the most important president since Abraham Lincoln. I believe that. I think we need him so bad to correct and balance this country and the world. And he's, and he's the only guy that's been, that has the knowledge, the humility, um, and the commitment, and, and a last hurrah to like make things right. I'm saying, I mean, he's, he's, Joe Biden is a blessing to this country. 
So Anson, just like you're giving us this, this little taste of hope here, you, for me, you've been my friend and my mentor for a number of years now, and you've always offered solution and hope. So, okay, Joe Biden is a solution yeah. and hope. What personally, okay, so you get very emotional when you're talking about the people who, aren't, who can't get hugged, older people especially, who might be at the end of their lives. There's a lot of us who aren't quite yeah. there yet but are struggling. For me, you know, I'm having, a, I'm in a, ter a tremendous personal crisis right now on top of COVID. Right. And um, I don't have a lot of hope right now. And I, you know, I can't, I can't do my work. I can do this, but th this doesn't generate income. The only thing that I had that did, I can't do. There's no foreseeable, when am I going to be able to have people in the living room again, Anson? That when we have a vaccine, right? That's what we're going to have to wait for. Right. So right. a lot of right. people like me, and actually the the separation has done perhaps irreparable damage um, for me in my relationship. And uh, it's one of the contributing factors anyway. And can, I, no, let me, can I interrupt you? Yes. Let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you. It might have showed you the true relationship. And it might have stopped more damage. Oh, perhaps. And I always be I believe in God's will and all of that stuff. And I believe the best always happens and the right thing always happens. What I'm asking though, Anson, I, I, I appreciate that. But what I'm saying to you is you are a voice of reason. You are a voice of solution. You are, I, I think we're going to have to tell yeah. some funny stories soon, but let's, let's finish, let's wrap this. And then I want you to tell one I'm, of your, like, my nose is running here. It's like, terrible. I'm like, I'm like, here. Because, because oh, Cindy Rose is running. Um, because I, 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 I want to talk solution for a few moments, and then and then we'll get to some lighter stuff. Because I think we all need the lighter stuff. Because I know I need to laugh today. I know I need to smile, and I need okay. to lighten it up because it feels okay. really dark and heavy. But so, if you were to, you're a solution-based person. So what do you suggest yeah. to those of us? Okay, so you said like creating bu bubbles. Some of us, I don't have that bubble here. I don't have anybody in my life that's completely quarantined like I am. Um, what are the solutions um, for having as full a life as possible in the midst of all of this? Because it looks like we're gonna be in it for quite some time. Yeah, well, let me say, let, let, let's, when, um, let me ask you if, you, if you look at a video right now, isolated, right? If you look at a video right now, right? And it's an emotional, like this emotional, positive, it's emotional, but oh my God, it turned out to be like a wonderful thing. You cry, okay? You look at that video and you cry out of emotion, happiness, right? And you feel your endorphins go up, right? Yeah. We should, we should be, first of all, reading, thinking, meditating, everything that connects emotion and positivity to you, of, of anything of, of really positive humanness to you. And also, what you want in your life, you know, you say, you, Vicky, you're saying, oh, my God, I need to be hugged. I need to be hugged. How many millions of other people have feel the same, right? There's something about communicating that and understanding it and connecting that almost feels like a hug. It does. You do everything you can 
you do everything you can to pump up those endorphins, pump up that emotion, become a, give someone else what you need. Hi, so-and-so, you know, I need a hug. I can't be there, but I'm hugging you. And when you say it, you're going to feel hugged. And, and when they come back, when they, you get that answer back, oh, God, thank you. You, you thought of me. You're going to get you're going to get up a double dose of endorphins. It's not as much as being there, but you will like stay in a positive place. You can't see, you know, you are what you think, Vicky. Everyone says you are what you eat. Bullshit. You are. Yeah. To a point, you are what you think. You can beat a lot of things if you think right and your endorphins are kicking and your immune system's kicking. It all comes from, you know, from your mind and actions. All right. So. Stop thinking of the worst. Start thinking of the best. And really, get the fuck outside of yourself. Really. Get well, that's the why fuck I... outside of yourself. And care about it. And, care, and go, my God, if I'm going through this. I'm going through this right now. I'm going through such, I'm not going to get into the personal thing. It's mm -hmm. hell what I'm going through right now. Mm -hmm. But you know, other people are going through hell. You know how I feel good? I can help them. Because I'm there. I feel it. I'm going through it. And I have a platform to be able to help others and it connects and it helps them even in this coronavirus. And you, all of us who have a platform should be thinking of others before ourselves. You wanna get better? You wanna feel better? You wanna feel less lonely? Freaking give of yourself now, today, in this limited, in this limited environment. Mm -hmm. I help others and you will be a better person at the same time. And you will come out of this larger and with a larger heart and we will all want to come out of this with a larger damn heart i i love all of that and i agree with all of that and you know my small part is that i go live every day to connect with this group of people and these people that i love and we hug each other every day on here because we communicate because even though it's on camera i hear their comments and we talk and they're part of the conversation and i'll make them part of the conversation before we but there's there's a lot of requests for stories from you and for uh I, you know i have my favorite story which i've made you tell a hundred times about you know, I don't know if a lot of people know how entrepreneurial you are, and I'm holding up right now Alert Drops, which is Anson's product. And um, Anson is saving lives and changing lives with this. The last time I squirted it, I, I, oh, this one's broken. I, I can't get this one to squirt. But this is saving lives because it people. Oh, thank you very much. It keeps people awake when they are falling asleep. And I've used it on the road and it, it has absolutely been a lifesaver. At three in the morning when I'm falling asleep behind the wheel, wow, this thing makes a difference. So yeah. um, you're yeah. very entrepreneurial. Can I, I'm gonna, I wanna get more current, but can you just tell us your first entrepreneurial story, how you made your first deal, how you made your first money? I make you tell this story every time. I was, I was, uh, I was nine or 10 years old. And, uh, you know, I grew up, you know, in a lower, lower, lower middle class family. Today it would be poor. But back then it was a fair world. Mm -hmm. And the GI Bill allowed you to have a house and stuff like that. I mean, a house and they're, they're really, it was an amazing time to grow up. So, uh -huh. but we had no money. And my dad, um, his, his goal in life was to be an artist. And in college, he had, he had created this uh, cartoon stationery. And, and 
it was really cute. It, it, it was all these little cute cartoons, stationary, and these little folders. Uh -huh. And they were like, and they were just stuck in the garage. They were stuck in the garage uh, in a box, right? And I remember he showed it to me. Well, I never could do anything with it because uh, he wasn't a salesman, right? So one day he came home and I put all this money on the table. What are you doing? He said, I sold all your stationery. I was nine or 10. I went house <laughs> to house and sold this cartoon stationery at nine or 10. Okay. okay and, then, and then tell us what now, you did. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. And, and as far as real money, yeah. at 12 years old, um, and God, you know, I think back, you get to an age and you start thinking back and you don't realize how lucky you were just in terms of the times and just the simplest, the simple simplicity of it. And there, there was a hell of a lot more kindness. There mm -hmm. really was a lot less danger, mm -hmm. a lot more kindness. Mm -hmm. And um, I, Howie Schertzman, who was my best friend at the time, mm -hmm. he had bought, and his, his, his father was a s s seltzer salesman, you know, seltzer water. <laughs> and I mean, you know, yeah, these viewers do. <laughs> but he bought, he bought, so how he bought this little printing machine like this, right? Mm -hmm. And to, to make up um, business cards. We're right. 12 years old. We're 12 years old. <laughs> We're listening to the Beatles with, I, I saw her standing there. She's just <laughs> 17. I mean, that's, right. you know, literally in his garage. We're like, we're like this. I'm setting fucking type. Yeah. And, and we're like, we're doing, and, and what I what happened, I go downtown. Yeah. To downtown Burbank and sell people to buy business cards from us. <laughs> so I, so, and we're there, and, and, and it was like a pain in the ass. You work, it's like, ugh. So all of a sudden, I, ha I was, happened to walk up one side street. And yeah. there was a printing company called O.H. Lynn, O.H. Lynn Printing, right? Uh-huh. I go, well, I'm a printer. <laughs> I walk in there and I go, hi, I'm this little kid, you know? I mean, you know me, at, at, at 18, I look 13. So it was like, whatever. So I'm in there and, and, and I go, is Mr. is Mr. Lynn here? Mr. Lynn comes up. Hi, I'm Anson, by the way, at the time, Heimlich. And, and. I own a printing, but we do cards. And he, he, he looks at me and he goes, you know, kid, you know, kid, let me help you. I go, what do you mean help? You know, we do flyers, we do posters, we, we can do everything. I said, listen, let me give you some of my cards. If you, if you sell anything <laughs> for printing, I will give you a 20% professional um, uh, commission. What's that mean? It means you get, if you sell something, you'll get 20% of it. And I'm going, well, what's that mean? So all of a sudden, I, I put the numbers out. I'm going, oh my God, we'd make so much more money not doing anything. I run to Howie. I run to Howie. I go, I go stop the presses, Howie. Stop the presses. And Howie's here. Howie's going, what do you mean? We got to get these, screw the cards. We're going to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell him the whole story about O.H. Lynn. And, we go, and I go, you coming with me. Let's go. I said, and, and then O.H. Lynn 
gave us all these samples of what he does. Uh-huh. Right? Pen Penny's department store, <laughs> is right in, which is now the Golden Mall in Burbank, right? <laughs> Penny's department store. Oh. I I look at how I go, we're gonna get the Penny's account. <laughs> right? And how old are you, Anson? And Vicky, 12 years old, <laughs> seventh grade. <laughs> and by the way, this thinking is why I'm talking to you today, out of the box. I just went my, I went, with, I went, I didn't know they're a national chain. I didn't know you couldn't get the printing contract for JC Pennies. Anyway, walk in, go up these old stairs, go to a receptionist, and I say, uh, we really like to talk to the manager. Well, what about? Well, we have a printing business. We want to do printing for you guys. Yeah. And the manager happened to look outside the door, seeing these two kids and heard us. And started laughing. He says, come in here, guys. Come in. We walk in. And we go, you know, look what we can do for pennies. We can do posters. We can, you know. And he goes, kids, I really, I really can't. I really don't have the authority to hire a printing company for the entire J.C. Penney's franchise. However, he said, I just bought and I'm opening a beer and sandwich shop next to Burbank Airport, and I need flyers. <laughs> Can you boys do that for me? Can you give me a quote? Can you do flyers for my new restaurant? Can we do flyers? <laughs> he goes, well, and he goes, here's what we need, and he writes out what he needs. That day, we run to OH Lane. We've got a deal, right? And OH Lane, does this kind of temp flyer? Yeah. Bring it back. The manager goes, he goes, geez, that's great. Done. $78 sale. <laughs> we got 20% of it. 20% of it. Unbelievable. And guess what? And guess what? From that day forward, now we're talking what? I'm 70 now. So figure when I was 12. Yeah. I was making $25 to $50 a month. With the with with the printing with the printing press, getting cobwebs. Wow! Now, Howie and I—that's what I was getting. Wow! And how? Yeah, and that was the beginning of an entrepreneurial career of thinking out of the box, of seeing what I have, what I don't have, of not being a damn victim, of not oh, of not seeing the worst, but seeing what's possible. Great lesson, right? A great lesson, and you did it again, and I want to go through the next one, and then we're going to get to current day. But when you were on Happy Days, right. you found a way yeah. to to up your ante at Happy Days. To make a million dollars? What'd you do, to Anson? To make a million dollars? Yeah. You mean, you mean I was getting $1,200 a week and how to become a millionaire? Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of times, especially in the arts, it's really difficult, you know, to make a living, whatever. Anyway, when I finally got Happy Days, mm -hmm. back then, way back then, uh, just, it wasn't the same world as today. Actors did not get paid like actors today. Right. No matter how popular they were. Once right. in a while, someone is, but basically, um, you know, and also, if you weren't the major star, if you weren't the major person, you were pretty just replaceable, right? So, but, but again, 
and I'll tell you exactly what I made on Happy Days. The first year, 900 an episode. Wow. The second year, 1,200 an episode. The third year, $1,800 an episode. The fourth year, $2,400 an episode, right? But I didn't look at it like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough. I'm looking at it like, I'm looking at it like, man, there's a lot of opportunity here. Hmm. So anyway, first year of the show. Not a lot of money, right? But mm -hmm. I knew I happened just because of circumstance, I had met David Cassidy. And Partridge family had just ended. Right. And he was telling me how much better he did off the show than on the show because he sang on the show. And then the first first year of happenings, the Brady Bunch was still on the Paramount lot. Right. And Barry Williams and everybody, they were going all over the world doing a singing group now. And they were making a bloody fortune off the show. So I'm, so I'm, sitting, I'm thinking, hmm, <coughs> you know, hmm, I'm not making a lot here, but the 50s is music, it's music. And, um, and, and by the way, and I, I, and I, was, I, I came from nightclubs and musical comedy. Uh -huh. So I sang. So I thought, hmm, if I convince Gary Marshall to put music on the show and let me sing, <laughs> I'm I think I might be able to get a record contract and then get booked to do concerts and actually make money. <laughs> so I found Gary. All my COVID crazy friends. and <clears throat> I'm having an allergy attack to something. I'm sorry. Excuse me. It's not COVID. It's allergies. But, it's really, but honestly, what everybody it's, really, it's really cute. <laughs> it would be, it's actually very cute. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's so good. Anyway, anyway, anyway um, this way. So I found Gary one morning. I found Gary one morning, mm -hmm. and he didn't really have time to talk. And I said, "Well, it, it's really quick." He goes, "Okay, you got a minute. Walk with me." So I start walking with Gary Marshall. My God, my God! I, another one. There's Willie Turner and Gary Marshall and Ron mm -hmm. Howard. That's about it. Those are the three that kind of made my life. Anyway, uh, um, so I said, Gary, you got girls on the show. You got cars on the show. We don't have music. We need a band at Arnold's. And I sing. He goes, a band, a band. And you sing? I go, yeah. I go, blah, 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 blah. He goes, are you good? I go, I'm okay. A band. I like that. Hey, he says, you know, there's a show coming up for fraternity, so I'm gonna fit it in. Let's try it out. Yeah, go talk to Bobby and pick a song. And I'm walking away, walking away, and I hear in the distance. At first, I'm thinking, "Wow, I'm gonna sing on national television. I just changed my life in 60 seconds." And I hear in the distance, "But you're singing to a bulldog," because <laughs> you know Gary's mind's thinking, "Funny." Right. They go, "Excuse me." He goes. Just like Elvis, Elvis was on, Elvis was on Ed Sullivan. He sang to a bulldog. <laughs> uh, well, that, then I knew what song I'm gonna sing. I'm all shook up, right? So, uh, and he goes, and he goes, he goes, you know, I don't, I believe you're good. I don't have time to listen. Yeah. But if you're good, if you're bad, I'll get laughs. You're singing to a bulldog. And there I was, <laughs> first time on national freaking television, singing, "Well, I bless my soul. What's wrong with me?" I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. And cutting to a bulldog. 
who then <laughs> jumps off the chair, bored to death, right? Anyway, anyway, Gary loved it. The audience loved it. Now, I, he said, You're in, yeah, I want to sing it. Like every third show, you know, sing a song. So about every third show, I'd sing a song. I was in charge of that. I got signed by the same record company as David Cassidy. Oh, my God. I was getting $900 a week or 12, I don't know, you know, and $17,000 a night. Oh, my God. Singing. <laughs> yes. Back, and Gary, Mar and Gary Marshall came out, to me, came out to me quite a bit later and said, I'm so proud. You found opportunity. You didn't bitch. You didn't complain. You found opportunity. I'm proud of you. And you're helping the show. Wow. So that was a huge turning point. And that would have not happened if it wasn't for a God-given gift to entrepreneurialism, a Willie Turner, who gave me the confidence to find what I was good at. And what tell, I everybody a little and run. tell everybody a little bit about Willie, because some of these people don't know the Willie story, how Willie came to inspire you. Well, Willie Turner, I mean, I, you know, I wrote a book about it. Yes, but, you did. Uh, uh, but, um, well, really, I, I was 15 and a half years old. And, you know, again, not, not coming from a family with money. I always had to work. And I had a part-time job. I got a part-time job as a janitor at Leonard's Department Store in Burbank. Mm -hmm. And while going to school. And my boss was Willie Turner, who was a black man, uh, not well-educated, mm -hmm. a functioning alcoholic, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And a god. And a god. Mm. A prophet. And I had a very hard upbringing in terms of self-worth, okay? And I'm sure a lot of you out there have been through this. Mm -hmm. And I was very, very uh, distanced from who, who I was, what I was, what I was capable of, anything like that. Mm. And and no one's real, no one's no one's fault other than people are who they are mm -hmm. with the lives they have lived. But it, there was it wasn't purposeful. There was no real fault. However, I was a mess. And Willie Turner called the janitorial room at Leonard's department store the talk room. And you'd go in there and there'd be all the supplies, you know, up on the walls and everything in a little bent, a little workbench, and two oil jump cans. And those were the chairs. <laughs> That's what you sat on. And he was the first person mm -hmm. to ever adult. To ever talk to me not at me mm. and he made me feel good about me the smith he gave me such confidence in what i could be and what i was here to be and what and, and the mountains i could climb and i would again i wouldn't be talking to you today without this uneducated black man functioning alcoholic that was probably was second like like a major major part of my life major part of my life and really is the reason for my any success in life so it really was an early early education of don't judge and stay away from the societal merry-go-round of prejudice and crap you know can i tell you another story can i tell us a story of, of, how, of, you, how you pay it forward but tell us the story you have in mind right now first Oh well, yeah. Well, paying it forward is trying to be a trying to be Willie Turner 
when I feel whoever needs, I, I will, you know me, I will always try to help people. I, I will always try to find the best. I will find the positive and try and try to spin it to get you to a better place. That's just who I am. That's just who I am. And that's, and that's paying Willie forward. I want, I want other people, I want other people to have the same conversations I've had with, well, that was the book actually, but basically for me, I want to give people hope. I want to give people positive, positives. I want to give people the courage and, 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 and the, and, and, you know, and, and the motivation to move forward in their life and not be a victim. Don't be a victim. Don't be what people say you are. Don't be controlled by society crap. You know, really, you're a, you're, we're, we're a seed. You put the little seed in your water you put, and you grow, right? So, so, you know, don't, don't, let, don't let this greedy society and, and, and everything attached to it control your life or, or, or disassemble your life or limit your life. But I will say this, years ago, during the height of happy days. And I don't think we talked about this. Okay. Years ago during the height of happy days. Uh, you know, you're really popular and everyone wants to be with you and all that. And I was at some event in the South. Mm -hmm. And there was a, I won't say the name, but there was a famous preacher. Okay. That was at my table. Mm -hmm. And because Anson Williams and all that, I didn't think he, I don't think he realized I was brought up Jewish, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all that. But um, and th and even then, even then, I don't get involved so much in religion. Famous preacher. I, so, so um, I um, we're, we're sitting there, and something, something he said something about oh you know, you know black people are great, but you know we really something about we shouldn't intermingle. Right, we shouldn't we shouldn't be together, right. Okay. And I sat there and I'm going, and I'm going, are you effing kidding me? And it just hit me. And I, and I said, I asked him, I said, is God perfect? Absolutely. Does God make mistakes? No. And I, and then I said, can giraffes and lions have babies? He goes, no. I go, what? Well, I said, because God doesn't, it doesn't work. No, not supposed to. Then why, sir, can black, Asian, how come we all can have perfect babies, perfect genetics to create new life? And he's That's looking at me. Well, it says in the Bible, oh, screw your Bible. Screw your Bible. Screw your Bible. That's God. You want to talk about God? We're meant to be together. We're meant to be one. Doesn't matter your race. Doesn't matter your color. If we weren't supposed to be one, we could not procreate together. Impossible. And that was a major turning point in my life, too, in terms of being an activist for, uh, for, for just fairness and equality. I love it, Anson. I, I, the story I was thinking of, uh, uh, and I love that answer, and it's perfect. Uh, I was thinking of a story, something that happened to you, I guess, about two years ago. Uh, you were on the road, and you had a little car accident. Do you know the story I'm talking about? about paying it forward with the kid who hit you? Do you remember? Oh, oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Tell oh that, gosh, you remember very, that. It's a very, <laughs> it's a really inspiring story for me. That's interesting. I, I, and the only time I talked about it was with you. 
and it's and it's, it's like, well, I've never was, I, was, I was on I was on the freeway and it was like bumper to bumper traffic mm -hmm. you know we're like this and all of a sudden I feel this bam in in the back of my car and 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 I will actually I, I didn't tell you the story that inspired that story by the way Okay. When I was a kid. Anyway, uh, and I get out, and this kid comes out with tattoos, and you know, I'm going, oh God. And then he goes, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I did, and he's pulling out his lights. And I, I just had this feeling this kid needed a hug. This kid needed someone, someone to, to like, um, let him breathe, like sh show a little, a, a gift, a, a little kindness that, that might just be a, that a moment to kind of just change his hard thinking. You could see he's been through a lot, but he was so amazingly honest. Like it's my fault. It touched me, you know, and he did, he did hurt the car. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know something? I said, put that away. He said, you got to promise me one thing. He goes, what's that? Okay. What I just did for you, you do for someone else. Whatever in your life, wherever, however, promise me. Promise me you will pay this forward. And he, he literally started tearing. I, I, he couldn't believe it because anyone else would have taken advantage of him, his insurance. Oh, you know, and it was clear this kid, it was a moment for him to turn to change. Yeah, and that's the story. But what happened to me years and years and years and years and years and years ago when I had my crappy cars, and I was on, again, it was an African-American man. It was a black man. Uh, I, um, my, I got a flat tire, mm -hmm. and on the road, and this funky trunk comes by, and this guy comes out, kind of scary, really big guy. Mm -hmm. But... Can I help you, son? Mm -hmm. And he helped me do my, because I didn't have the jack or anything. He he helped me, and he, we got the tire back on. And I said, oh, my gosh. What? And I was nothing. I was nothing. I was a spit, spit in the world, you know? Right. And he said, no. He said, you just do it for someone else sometime. And though it's funny. Everything I've gone through in my life, all the people you meet, all the big hoo-ha bullshit, Willie Turner's and that guy, that's who stick in your mind. That's who stays with you. Not the famous, not the rich, not all that bullshit. It's people that, that connect with you totally from the heart in, in, in an incredibly selfless way. That's who sticks with you. And that's who changes you. And that's what makes you a better person. And that's who helps you climb your mountain. And that's, and, and, and that's who gives you purpose. I love it, Anson. And it, it, it's, it reminds me every time you tell your story, um, it reminds me. I mean, it's something that if, if each of us paid it forward at every opportunity, what, what, what a world this would be if we were all paying it forward. Different it, world. It's a beautiful thing. Um, do you remember Cindy Beagle from Happy Days? She was a writer. She, she was here in the living room. I believe you met Cindy. Yeah. So Cindy's yes. story, yes, yes, yes. you were the most 
you were the most positive person on the Paramount lot. And she said, you got Betty Davis to agree to do a TV movie and nobody thought you could do it. Is that true? Yeah, I did. How'd you do it's it? It's true. It was, well, it was Ron Howard and I that got Betty Davis. Yeah. And it was a film in 1980 called Skyward. And it was the first time um, a disabled actress had the lead in a movie of the week, ever. It was a breakthrough. Wow. It was a breakthrough. It was 19, 1980. And yeah, and uh, I remember we, we developed the script and Brandon Tartikoff, who was president of NBC at the time, mm -hmm. a phenomenal man, mm -hmm. really phenomenal man, was kind of stuck because we wanted to do, I said, okay, well, who are you going to cast? Well, I said, we really have this young girl who's a disabled actress. We'd love to put her in the lead. Well, we really need Melissa Sue Anderson from Little House on the Prairie. And I said, well, that, that would really kind of be hypocritical. I know, but, but then he finally said, listen, the other major part is a retired stunt lady in her 60s or whatever. If you can get someone like Betty Davis, you can have that actress. Well, now getting someone like Betty Davis was like, you know, getting blessed by the Pope from Burbank. You know, it's like, what are you fucking kidding me? It's like, you know, at the time. However, I had seen, I was, I had seen, I was watching Johnny Carson and Betty Davis is on. Mm -hmm. Just coincidentally. Mm -hmm. And she was complaining about the old lady script she got. And she wanted to do something that had some action. I'm, wow. I'm thinking, what better action than a, a retired stunt lady, pilot lady? So um, I tell Ron, and we just sent the script to her agent. We just sent the script to her agent. Uh -huh. like, hey, we didn't realize that Betty Davis didn't trust anybody, especially her agents. She right. read everything. So she read it and said, I'll do it. Unbelievable. We got Betty Davis. Unbelievable. And in those days. And, and Brandon Tartikoff said, and Brandon Tartikoff said, then you got Juicy Gilstrap. Greenlit. Wow. And it's called Skyward. Wow. Yeah. It was, and it became an incredibly important film. And in those days, actors didn't go back and forth between TV and film. That was really unheard of, what you did. Exactly. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Back then, yeah. Back so, then. Anthony, had, yeah. had the whole... Um, so, so why did you start getting into product? You, you talk about creating your own highway and moving things forward and keep doing the next thing. What took you into right. merchandise, into products? Well, um, it's pretty instinctual. I mean, I had met my business partner on Melrose Place when I was directing because she's a famous makeup artist, but she had this, uh, this product for skincare that was only used in the trailers of, of, on movie sets. Mm -hmm. It was with Crushed Pearl and all this cool stuff. And uh, anyway, it really intrigued me. And my instinct said, whoa, this is a major product. Knowing nothing about the product business. Mm -hmm. Well, we teamed up and my gut told me, move forward, man. I mean, move forward. The odds of making it were like none, mm. none, zero. And then uh, three, four million units later on QVC, 
you know, we kind of made it. And that started, and that start, that's that started the whole process of getting in. And I product this. I love create. I just love the product business is not that much different than creating a television show or a movie or directing. You're creating. You're you're fun. You're finding something from nothing. You're creating this. you this vision into a reality. And uh, if I found it as exciting as show business. Wow. And uh, yeah, and that got me into it. You know, I love I love finding problem. I love finding or creating problem solving products. I love being able to add something that's a, that's a real benefit to everybody, not taking advantage of people, not scamming people, but something that's really a great addition to their lives. And I love it. So what inspired, what inspired you with, with alert drops? How did that come about? Um, well, you know, I almost killed myself like decades ago. I was directing a show, mm -hmm. exhausting day, and fell asleep at the wheel driving home. And I didn't kill anyone or myself, but it scared me. And my uncle, actually, he's my second cousin, but I've called him uncle since I was, uh, since I was born, was Dr. Henry Heimlich, who created the Heimlich Maneuver. Which is great. In fact, it's a whole other story in another show. Happy Days was a major proponent of, of the Heimlich Maneuver going national. What? Being exposed to a national audience. I'll get into that later. Yeah. Okay. So it's this pretty wild story. Uh huh. But, um, but Hank and I were very close. I I told him about what happened, and he told me that, um, you know, you, you need to have cut up lemons with you on exhausting days. And he explained how the citric acid and sour lemon hits the lingual nerve on top of your tongue, and the reflex reaction of the body, just like when you go to a doctor. And they, they test the reflexes, right? With a little rubber mallet. Well, there's re reflex reaction to tongue and brain. So citric acid and sour lemon on top of the tongue hits the lingual nerve. And the reflex reaction is adrenaline. Whoop, you're instantly up. Nothing in your system. It's just your body reacting with adrenaline. You're up, you're alert, you're safe. Wow. So I did that for years. And then I got in the product business years later. And not only did I see, you know, how, how drowsy driving is catastrophic mm -hmm. in the world. It's like there are more deaths than drunk and medicated combined. It's a horrible problem that can be cured. We literally either with lemons or, or alert jobs. But we found out it went even further. Uh, anyone who needs to be alert, a machinist, jobs, police officers, doctors, whoever needs to be clear and instantly like awake and safely with nothing in your system, kids studying without screwing up your system with all these horrible drinks that people drink. Just your body waking the body. Um, um, I talked to Dr. Heimlich and that's when I said, can, can't we do it? Can we do an alert drop, like spray drops? Can we get citric acid, sour lemon, have it a little spray and spray it on top of your tongue? He goes, he said, this is before he passed away a few years ago. You'll save more lives in the Heimlich maneuver. More people are exhausted than choking. I'll do anything I can to help you. It will say, he promised me he'll do this. And he helped me develop this product. And two weeks before he passed away, he, he, I promised him I would get this product out because he knew how important, he knew how important it was. And today we just, we just, you know, we donated so many to the front lines of healthcare workers during this virus mm -hmm. thing because they're exhausted. Also, mm -hmm. there's a thing with uh, this isolation called um, isolation fatigue. 
People are very, they're depressed, they're tired, just because of the super change in their life, and they're lethargic. They're really mm -hmm. lethargic, just being stuck. Mm -hmm. And we're finding out that alert drops is a big major benefit to people because it kind of wakes you up, gets you going, you feel better, and kind of gets you out of that doldrum naturally. And by the way, we, we didn't invent anything new. We just took um, old science. It's very old science. And if people go to alertjobs.com, they can read all about it. This is very old science. Citric acid, sour lemon on your tongue, boom. And nothing's going to hurt your health. It's gonna, it, 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 could, it could save your life. It can make you feel better. So simple. And I tell people, too, if you don't want to buy Alert Drops, get cut up lemons. It's just, it's just Alert Drops a little cleaner and easier. Otherwise, you know, bite into a lemon. It'll do the same thing. That's fantastic. So tell, tell us how, um, I don't think I've heard this story, how the Heimlich maneuver became uh, into the national uh, consciousness because of happy days. How did that happen? Uh, Henry, Dr. Heimlich, was having a hard time get, bringing attention to the maneuver mm -hmm. because of the politics he had with the American Red Cross. Uh huh. They hated him. Why? Uh, they hated him. And they had, you know, because uh, he exposed some things and whatever. You know, Dr. Heimlich is a purist, a real uh -huh. activist. Uh huh. And they kept promoting slap on the back. In fact, to this day, You'll never see the Red Cross saying the Heimlich Maneuver. They will say hug for life. Wow. To this day. Wow. Uh, so anyway, they were stopping him. And he was getting regional stuff, right? But he's a little, and, he, and so he happened to visit the Happy Days set um, one day. And we were talking about it. And he was frustrated and not being able to get the attention it needed. And there was a phone call on the set for me, and it was from the Merv Griffin show. And someone had dropped out for, uh, for the show that night. And I had done the show a couple of times, and they asked if I'd be available to sing a song and be interviewed that night. And I went, I went to Henry, and I said, hey, maybe this, maybe we can get the Heimlich Maneuver on, like a naive schmuck. You know? Maybe we can get the Heimlich Maneuver on. Listen, so finish rehearsal, go back to my place, shower, he comes with me. We go together to the Merv Griffin show. Uh-huh. And I go, where's no Merv, no Merv, no Merv, no Merv. He's busy, no Merv, who's a who is a great guy, by the way. So I rehearsed the song, no Merv. Okay, we tried. All right, we tried. They give Dr. Heimlich a seat in the audience. I go to the green room and I'm waiting for my turn. Uh-huh. We tried. So, okay, my time comes up, sing the song. And and then you walk over to be interviewed by Merv, but there's a break for commercial break. Right. I go, wait a minute. It was like Gary Marshall with the, with the singing, right? Now I've got Gary Marshall. I, I have Merv Griffin and the Heimlich Maneuver. I got 60 seconds to sell this sucker. So, so, so my uncle's in the audience, the Heimlich Maneuver. Blah, 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 and, he, and he says, wait, he goes, I heard about this. He says, I heard about this. I, I was in Ohio. Somehow he read something somewhere. Really? Really, really, oh, three, two, one, back on the air. I'm like, whatever. Out of the blue, Merv Griffin goes, You know, I was talking to Anson, and can I, Dr. Heimlich, can you please stand up in the audience? Explains the whole Heimlich maneuver, brings him on stage, does the maneuver on Merv. Oh my does God. Does the maneuver on Merv. Bam. <laughs> Freaking bam. 
Wow. Were saved that night. Wow. Three weeks, three weeks later, he's on Johnny Carson. Three weeks later, he's on Johnny Carson, and it blows out. Wow. And the, and, and the Heimlich maneuver became part of the societal platform. And, but if it wasn't for Happy Days, if it wasn't for Happy Days, and he wasn't on the Happy Days set that day, at that moment, at that time, who knows? Right? That's 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 extraordinary. Um, uh, you're getting so much love. We'll, we'll go through the love. Cindy asked that you uh, that I I bring up to you that you've won a Humanitas Award for writing, which is a very very high honor. And she asked if you would tell how that that mm -hmm. came to be. Well, I've got, um, well, when uh, when I started uh, directing and all mm -hmm. that, I started as a producer. Uh, I had uh, co-written a, a show called A No Greater Gift, an after-school special. And uh, it was uh, the first first, 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 uh, first show I had ever directed. Uh -huh. And I ha had to hire myself. And, uh, <laughs> and it was called No Greater Gift. And it was about organ donorship to these two kids in a very... And uh, the show was monumental in um, a huge percentage of um, new donors. And we won the Hepanis, we won the Humanities Award in writing for the show. Wow. Yeah. 1985. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, um, by the way, a few people have ordered alert drops while we've been talking. And Cindy just said she thought you were going to say yeah. Uh, that the um, that Fonzie performed the Heimlich on Arnold. <laughs> um, so I that would have been great. No, that would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> so so Anson. So here we are in the middle of COVID. You can't. I mean, the sets are closed, right? The the movie studios are closed. Although I've heard they're going to be opening up partially. What do you think about that? I've heard they're going to be opening the studios June twelfth. What do you think about that? Do you want to be on well, a set right now? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I do, I, I know that, that studios are going to be incredibly careful. So I don't know enough. I don't know enough how they're going to do it. I'm okay. more, you know, as a director, I, I could see, I mean, with, I could see it kind of working, you know, as, but I'm very nervous about uh, our actors mm -hmm. because they don't wear masks. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I don't, I, you know, so jury, I, for me, jury's out, man. Jury's out. I, I, I and I actually, I haven't been asked that question, just thinking it through. I don't think it's very, I mean, I know economically it's important. I do know that. I, and have, but in terms of safety, mm -hmm. man, jury's out. Jury's out. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's very close contact. I, and you're getting these very famous people and, and unfamous people. I mean, I don't. It could be a nightmare. I don't. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right. I mean, can we even have love scenes again until there's a vaccine? Is that even a possibility of something we could, in good conscience, do? Uh, oh yeah, you can do that by through the through. Well, I don't. It, again, you know something? I don't know because now I'm hearing about. People have it, and there's no temperature, and there's no, and no one, and you don't even know. Me. I, I don't. I really, 
I don't know enough. I just don't know enough to, to answer that, you know? But so, I, I think it's precarious. I, I agree with you. And so Anson, so here we are in COVID and your life has been disrupted as everybody else's has been. How are you being productive in COVID? Right. Are you being productive in COVID? Is, are, you, are you different in COVID? Is oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, you know, as being in the business, I mean, I'm always writing, mm -hmm. you know, we're submitting. I mean, there's limitations and all that. Uh, so, yeah, I've been trying to, I've been trying to, I just try to do uh, productive things, whether, whether it's writing, whether it's a, a, something in the house, whether just something, you know, something productive that gets your mojo going, you know? Uh, at least where I am now, people are donating time to leave dinners that you cook off at, at people's homes they can't get out, you know? So yeah, so you, you, yeah, it's not, it's not the end all be all, but you know, I still feel productive. I'm not, you know, just sitting in, you know, in place, you know? It is, a, and it is a good time. And anyone who's creative, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of great time to write music. I mean, in the arts, especially, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. So you, you can you can you can you can get involved in a lot of things. Uh, and a lot, but then a lot of people, um, they don't have that. Uh, they're in a diff, they're in a different uh, career, whatever. So, uh, mm -hmm. but then again, like I said before, then mm -hmm. if you get involved with other people, even online, whatever, you get involved with other people to give what you need to them, mm -hmm. I know th things, things move forward and you, and you end up in places you never would think you were. And, and, and all of a sudden your life becomes satisfying every day. You feel kind of complete every day, but you had a per everyone needs to have a purpose every day. And I think that's the basic thing is find your purpose and, and, and contribute to that. And it'll get us through, it'll get us through all this shit. We've been through this before for thousands of years. We've been through this before. And this will pass. It will pass. There will be a vaccine. There will be. And, and the other thing I think hopefully this teaches people, eat correctly. Get your immune system up. Be proactive. Be freaking proactive for your right. own health, for your own life. Be proactive. And, you know, don't just be a, you know, a thing in the wind that just eats McDonald's, that just gets motivated by greed. And No, take charge of your life and be as strong and as healthy as you can. And that's how you can beat all this stuff too. By the way, I believe there's I believe there's a lot of people that don't get the virus because their system actually beats it, mm -hmm. because they actually do the right thing for their lives and are proactive in being as healthy as they can, also productive as they can. I think that's really true. I, I'm just from a human standpoint, my curiosity is you have such a great attitude. You're always moving forward. You're always take seizing opportunity and looking for the bright part. Do, do you, does it ever get too much? Do you have your days where it's just too much or no? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going, I'm going through a personal thing right now mm -hmm. that is, uh, I wouldn't wish on anybody. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish on anybody. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's been through parental alienation, they'll know what I'm talking about, but yeah, it makes, I mean, I do understand. And, um, but it's it's your choice. It's it's your. What do you want to be? How do you want to live? What do you want? It's your choice. Do you want to be a victim, or do you or, or do you want to move forward? Do you want to like 
or do you want to do something? You know, you can pick negative. You can pick positive. Your choice. I pick positive. So it I was when it gets and a little. And by the way, and a little tequila. <laughs> that might be the answer to my next question. I was going to say so on the, those days when it gets tough, and and and, and the feeling gets tough. Do you have something besides tequila? Because I'm sober. That that do you have something that just works when you need to to pick yourself out of that? When you said, "All right, enough. I I can't indulge that. You know, I want to." What really, what really works a lot? Well, I'm taking the two dogs for a walk, getting mm -hmm. on a trip, exercises tremendous things. Yeah, I, f I find anything, anything that'll raise the endorphins, uh -huh. like kick in the endorphins, uh -huh. ooh, settles you down, really settles you down. It really does. It put, it like kind of takes you out of that funk. And so I do that. I, I I'll force myself to do something active. Yeah, that punches me up. You know. That totally, I totally get that. Uh, taking action is definitely, uh, for me, the most effective thing as well. Cindy just asked, maybe we can change the subject and get happier. What, what Do you have a favorite Happy Days episode? Oh, gosh. There's a few. I think my, you know, I think Don Most was like, he makes me laugh like nobody. He's my, I, think, I think the episode where he busted up Fonzie's motorcycle. <laughs> to this day, I, it makes me howl. It makes me howl. Other than that, my other one, I think, was when I sang to Joni, put your head on my shoulder. That was a huge, it was a huge, I think it was the highest rated episode of all time. Wow. But, oh, yeah, like 67 million people. Wow. But, um, but, um, but that hit me because I felt like the end. You know, I, there's something about it that just emotionally hit me. The whole, you know, it's just that whole, just the whole premise and in the in the, in the, in the uh, puppy love and and still, you know, not destroying her heart, you know, and all that. So yeah, I think those two. Yeah, that's fabulous. You know, somebody asked earlier. Dave asked earlier uh, uh, to, to, to ask about Donnie to ask you about Donnie most, and I I know that your relationship with Don is so far beyond happy days. You guys are still the best of friends. Oh yeah, um, we're best friends. We're best friends. So was it that way from the from this? What did it just click immediately? Did it develop over time? Well, we were always friends. We're always friends, but the depth of the friendship happened after Happy Days. Hmm. You know, we just we just we just really learned to love each other, and I mean, really deeply care hmm. about each other beyond show business. You know, yeah. So you guys socialize and have a whole life together, and. All of that stuff. Yeah, he's part of the umbrella. Is he he's part, part of the bubble? I was going to say, is he part of the bubble? Of bubble? He actually came to. He came to the house. He came to the house over the weekend with Morgan. Oh. Yes. Oh, because they're quarantining too. Uh -huh. You bet. That is beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Okay, so I'm, yeah. I'm just taking a quick peek and seeing if I missed any questions that everybody's just loving your stories so much. Um, uh, somebody well, saying, I hope, it, I, hope, I hope hopefully it just gives people a little hope, you know. Well, see, that's the thing, Anson. You are, you know, uh, on a personal note, for me, 
you know, when I first started this show, it was called The Road Taken, and you were you became my my mentor, sure. try to help me to take it to the next level. And you were so you gave me so many good ideas. One of the things that you suggested I do was do the little um, uh, videos before the little teaser videos and put those up. And you know, I can't. I can't do them anymore um, because we're not in the same room anymore. I mean, I guess I could do one of myself, but it's not, I do put up teasers, but not quite. But anyway, you gave me some great ideas. And another one was you said, I don't care what you right. call it, but the road taken ain't working. It's not, it's, it's, it's too long. It's confusing. It's not, it's not current. It's not, it's not happening. And because you sparked me, I came up with game changers and it is a better name. And, you know, you, you're always full of great ideas. You've always told me that I've got to find lightning in a bottle and I've got to find the one guest that's going to put this over the top. You know, I haven't done it yet. I, I remain hopeful. But the, I think the best piece of advice you ever gave me, you told me to write down every person I know. And you said somewhere on that list is somebody that can help me. And, you know, Anson, every time I hit a wall, I do a version of that. I did that whole list that time. But every time I sort of run into a wall, I do that mentally. I start thinking of all, and people come to me, people that I wouldn't even begin to remember that I know. And I'll reach out and you know, none of them really turned into the magic formula yet, but I remain hopeful. I, I think it's a really good exercise to do. So um, uh, I call him, I don't call him my money manager, uh, Cindy. I call him my money mentor because and because Anson has <laughs> Anson is entrepreneurial and he's Anson. You haven't. I wouldn't say you've been money focused, but you've been. Um, what would you say? Yeah, successful, yeah. huh? You you know how to make money. You know how to. Uh, you also told me don't get on another somebody else's highway. Make your own highway and. I, I believe I kind of right. do that. Women who ride and game changers and stuff. We talked about doing um, when I was having trouble with my editors when I was writing columns because you encouraged me to be a writer first and foremost. And we were talking about doing a website where I could put be in control of that of my own stuff. Um, so by money mentor, Cindy, what I mean is that I don't think in terms of how can I be financially successful and I need someone like Anson to guide me to think more in those entrepreneurial terms in terms of dollars, which is not my go-to. Well, it's not being money. It's finding opportunity where you are. And that's when we talked about music on Happy Days and all that. It was like yeah. I found opportunity there. And I saw what I had. I always see what I have, not what I don't have. You know, I'll look for opportunity, not what I don't have. And that's a big thing. Anyway, I apologize. I'm going to have to go. I'm sorry. No, that I kept way out. I, I could talk three hours. Um, everybody out there, thank you so much uh, for, for being here with us and for, for all of the love and all of the questions for Anson. Anson, thank you so much. I adore you so much. And I'm so grateful to you personally, professionally, in every way. Well, I, do. I love you to death too. And everyone out there, everyone out there, you know, it's, it's all going to be okay. It really is. Put your mind in the right place, move forward, climb the mountain. You know, we have choices to see the worst of the best. Please see the best. Okay. Please see the best. God bless. Thank you, Anson. I adore you. Bye.